Welcome to Monstrology, episode seven. Uh, my name is Will King, and I am your host. And I'm joined by Madrin McCabe, as always. Hi, Madrin. Why are you being weird and creepy in your introduction? <laughs> you know, I feel like I always start extremely enthusiastically. And so now I need to really uh, just uh, play the field a little bit more here. So we're going to oh. get some, some weird and um, maybe strange introductions just for See, I, I always thought that boyish exuberance was part of your brand I mean it yeah. is but I don't <laughs> want it to be exclusively my brand oh okay fair enough fair enough branching, um, out, branching out yeah 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 um okay so I'm just gonna ask you a direct question and there's no way to sugarcoat it it's just is just maybe a little bit personal have you ever right, taken have you ever taken a mud bath no that no. sounds really weird and great I don't really understand it and also there are places I don't want to get mud. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, know. yeah, I agree. But you know, some people really love mud baths. It's it's like it, it's definitely a thing in spas. I've, it's a thing in I've movies. I've done like mud masks on okay. your face because apparently it's really good for like drying out if you have excessively oily skin. So okay. like sometimes I've I've done a mud mask. Okay, and was but I don't it nice? think I've ever. Um, I mean, well, it gets, it's like mud, right? Like it gets kind of hard and dry on your face after 15 minutes and then you wash it off and you have beautiful poreless features. So, so. on a scale of, of, of zero to five, uh, claws, how would you rank that experience of, of mud, uh, face masks? Oh, well, it is far from the weirdest thing I have ever done or put on my face in the effort of beauty. So when it comes to that, it would be like a one on the a scale. A one, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Our guest today would probably give it a five out of five claws. I feel like uh, they're big on uh, mud baths, uh, probably just, uh, just mud in general. You know, I'm not sure if they eat it. I hope that they don't, but maybe they do. It's hard to say. Um, they love mud. They love the feeling of mud on their skin. They love maybe the, the skin and mud mixing it up together. This is getting weird and specific unless I specify what the monster is. Uh, today's creature is Swamp Monsters. of general categories of swamp monster i would say i've had to make some just kind of sweeping generalizations but see if you can uh, come along with me imagine on this this uh journey here it is definitely isn't, a, isn't that kind of the theme of our relationship like yeah. follow me on this strange tangent pattern please yeah, yeah, come yeah. along yeah <laughs> I've, got, I've got i've got most of an idea let's do a thing and then a podcast occurs Wow, that is, yeah, that's, that is the nature of what we do in a nutshell. Okay. I have most, most of a good idea. 
Yeah, yeah it will it. be it will be refined and hardened into a perfect <laughs> diamond by the time it reaches the public's ears. Just like these three categories of uh, swamp monsters. Um, okay, so I I think there's three categories, and I will describe them to you. The first I think is the muck category. So these are swamp monsters that are actually made or, or covered in uh, decomposing material. They're often greenish. Um, sometimes they're made of the swamp itself and they very likely have like nature-based powers that tie to the swamp. Um, and for like extra horror, sometimes they're human beings that have been transformed or manipulated into the swamp. Uh, and so these, versions are literally like made of muck and swamp. So that's category one. Sure. Cat category two is the kind of animal style um, category of swamp monster. And so these, uh, these ones are reptilian, amphibian, or fish people. Okay. And there are, uh, you know, a bunch of different variants of that throughout history. But um, there's also uh, some clarity in this that if there are multiple members of their species, like a bunch of fish people, um, sometimes they form colonies or like settlements near the swamp or near their fishing community or whatever. So there's the animal variant that like looks like a crocodile or a fish or whatever. Then there's the third category, which is the local hairy cryptid. And these ones are like, Bigfoot style. They're not a Bigfoot because that's a whole other thing, but they're like kind of humanoid, ape-like, hairy swamp monster things. And yeah, I have to say I was surprised by how many swamp creatures are not like scaly, covered in slimy. Like in my mind, it's it's always somebody who's like, like you said, made of the swamp. Like they're covered in seaweed and they're really made like mucky and muddy. But as I was doing my research, I was like, whoa, there are so many different kinds. And it was just, yeah. it, I was very surprised by that. I mean, I think it's just funny that like swamp monsters seem to have a variety here, but I still define them all as a swamp monster. Like I'm going to try to not get too into different variants of it. We, we might touch on things that would appear as fish monsters or water monsters just to kind of track the lineage of where swamp monsters came from. But I do think they are specific in and of their own thing, and I guess tied to that location or something of the entity uh, that is swampiness. Um, the earliest known origin that I could find of swamp monsters, and again, this is kind of, I don't think that this is a swamp monster, but maybe this is where the um, evolutionary strain came from, which is the uh, Lernaean Hydra. This is 600 BC. Now, this is like a somebody I think that Hercules battled against and had to destroy this hydra. But I also think it's it's a hydra. Like it's not a swamp monster. I'm just saying that it it is. Although we think of a swamp monster as a modern thing, it could have come from thousands of years ago. That's the earliest that I got. Um, what about you, Madrin? Do you have anything really early? Because this is I've got some specific like versions of swamp monsters that are quite modern that really define the creature for me but that's like where I could kind of thread the history and the myth from. No the earliest ones that I discovered were in and around 1800s-ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah I think that was um, 
that was the earliest modern one that I've got. Um, is there any one that caught your eye that you'd like to share before I kind of go into, hopefully you don't have, there's one that I think is my favorite that I've got like the full story of, but. Uh, oh, well, ahead. if that, okay, hang it. But if that one's your favorite, maybe you should do that whole. Well, it's okay. If you have anything from um, 1950 or earlier, <laughs> please, now is the time. <laughs> from 1950 or earlier? Yeah. Mine happened, uh, mine happened specifically, I will specify the date and then come back to it, on July 16th, 1988. So, oh, let's okay, go, yes. save that I, for me. I know what you're talking about, yes. Um, right. I definitely, you, you can talk about that one because right. actually when I found out about that one, I was like, oh, this is totally Will's jam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, one of the ones that I thought was the most interesting was the Bunyip from yeah. Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a legend from the Australian Aboriginal peoples uh, that seems to be traced to the Wemba Wemba people, which are in Victoria in southeastern Australia. Um, roughly translated, it means devil or evil spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was so interesting about it, though, is that there are so many different versions of the Bunyip. Mm. So there are some that say that it's... Um, amphibious and almost uh, you know entirely aquatic um but sometimes it's more of like a like a water spirit it's Mm -hmm. very very interesting it's very cool and I think what's what's really interesting is of course this kind of thing came from Australia because like of course it did there are so many things in Australia now today which are these absolutely unbelievable monster-like creatures Mm -hmm. Uh, that the, the, are desperate to kill you. <laughs> doesn't Australia uh, have the most deadly animals in the world? And so by extension, there's got to be some deadly monsters in there too. Totally, totally. And that is that is what the, the theory of this is, is that um, essentially these are more like prehistoric animals that managed to survive for much longer than anywhere else and of course because these aboriginal peoples have been around for so much longer than um than say like the europeans who were the ones who were actually trying to document this stuff mm-hmm. that it, it's entirely possible that these uh original peoples actually lived with these rather like prehistoric fantastic animals that are more like um, like there are all these different extinct Australian marsupials mm-hmm. that they've found the prehistoric bones and that sort of things. So it's entirely possible that this bunyip has come from people telling stories orally about mm-hmm. the creatures that at one point they may have actually lived with. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting kind of folklore for sure. One little detail that I liked about the bunyip is that they reside in uh, billabongs which mm-hmm. is not the clothing, it is a seasonal water hole. Yes. <laughs> but I just like that they live in a billabong, which is a yes. very Australian thing. Um, there's also, when we're talking about uh, cryptids and kind of more uh, monstery looking, I guess, animal type things, there's the kappa, which is mm-hmm. a Japanese cryptid that lives in swamps um, and frequently shows up in the media. And it looks like a, a biped turtle. And it's known for sinister behavior, like 
kidnapping children or sucking souls out of their victims. And I like this kind of Japanese uh, turtle monster as well. Well, what um, I thought was interesting too is that apparently it's bad behavior really runs the gamut. Like kidnapping and drowning children is, you know, like the, the top part of bad behavior when it comes to these monsters. But I've also read of accounts of the Kappa just doing genuinely mischievous things like farting loudly <laughs> and looking up women's kimonos and things like that. So now I'm just imagining like a Kappa doing like uh, Nikki Nine Doors or just like knocking on the door and running away or like yeah or like you know you're you're walking down the street or like down a path near near a pond or or a lake or whatever and like you hear just this terrible farting noise and it's like it's a kappa having a farting contest with, you know what I mean yeah and then I thought what else I thought was really funny about the kappas and this seems like such a weirdly specific thing is that the thing that they love to eat most in the world are cucumbers oh so some Japanese parents would inscribe their children's names onto a cucumber and then throw it into the pond as a goodwill offering. Like, here's your cucumber. Don't eat the kid whose name is on it. Really, though, I think it just could could give them evidence of like, oh, this cool cucumber. Where do I get more of it? Or oh, let me find the one named David. <laughs> when I, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be David if it's Japan, but it's like, let me find the origin of this cucumber. There must be more cucumbers. And so really, it's just a, a honing beacon. Um, so I mean, <laughs> there might be some flaws in that logic. OK, let's get into some more um, cryptids here. So. There is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That is an alleged uh, Bigfoot-like creature that has been uh, purported to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in uh, Louisiana. Okay, so that's definitely one of them. But my favorite, the one that was discovered on July 16th, 1988, is the Lizard Man uh, in South Carolina. And it also, the origin of the town of the Lizard Man is called is Truesdale, South Carolina, which is a phenomenal name for a small town that is based in some sort of horror lore. Like, isn't the dramatic irony of that unbelievable that it would, it sounds like, I, I don't know, a whole TV show could take place in Truesdale and have all these monsters. Anyway, so this takes place in Truesdale and on July 16th, 1988, resident Tommy Davis brought his 17-year-old son, Chris, to the sheriff's office. Chris Davis explained that when he was heading home from his night shift at McDonald's, he took a shortcut down a rural road and got a flat tire. After he finished changing the tire, he saw a seven-foot-tall green creature with three fingers on each hand and red eyes. When Davis tried to drive away, it leaped onto the roof of his uh, 76 Salika, which fancy car. Celica. By, yeah, oh, Celica. Yeah. Uh, by swerving back and forth. Shows so how much I know about cars, but I know a lot about <laughs> lizard people. Um, uh, by, okay, so he's got this lizard man on the roof and he's swerving back and forth and Davis did, dislodged it and escaped. And Truesdale, who had, after all, asked the community for information about strange creatures, uh, really believed that Davis was telling the truth to the point that he even took a polygraph test and passed. And so... It was proven by the town. They took the polygraph test. They believed it. This guy who saw the lizard man really believed he saw the lizard man. Uh, months later, I think somebody claimed to shoot the lizard man, and that was a hoax. But this origin of discovering the lizard man um, 
It seems as legit as a lizard man story can get, if you ask me. Well, and I had also, in reading that story, I had also read that over several weeks after uh, Davis's encounter with the lizard man, more and more people were reporting sightings, specifically car-related ones. So they would have their fenders ripped off of their cars, the bumpers and the, and, and the chrome on their cars would have teeth marks in them. Mm. And there were so many people who were driving along the roads within the swamps who swear up and down that they saw this giant massive beast way mm. out in the distance of the swamps yeah i mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of people agreeing here so it just seems like you know there's there's something in south carolina i just don't know exactly what it is but it's probably approximately a seven foot tall lizard person um, entirely possible yeah lots of swamps you know around there it seems florida's got some swamps going on too mm -hmm. so the um, one that i also found was quite interesting was the rougarou oh. in louisiana uh, it's a monster from Cajun folklore, and it's often referred to also as the loup-garou, which is okay. uh, the French version of it. So loup-garou is werewolf in French. Mm -hmm. So it makes kind of, it makes sense that there was an adapted word for it uh, in the Cajun culture, because of course there were many, like, there are lots of French roots in, mm -hmm. in Cajun culture. Um, so the rougarou has the body of a man and the head of a wolf. Oh. and stalks the Louisiana swamps looking for misbehaving children. It's one of those general, uh, you know, don't go out in places you shouldn't be children because some monster will come and get you. And um, it's a little vague as to how somebody becomes a Rougarou. Uh, it's typically it happens, um, of course, if you uh, annoy a voodoo priestess as many of these things <laughs> of course nothing good ever these, happens uh, when you uh piss off a priestess <laughs> right no one ever comes away being like yeah i tripped that cage or that uh voodoo priestess and things worked out really well for me <laughs> right um and then there are also different versions of it where they only come out on a full moon which obviously that you know there's the um the influence of the french werewolf mm -hmm. uh, i like but, this kind uh, of yeah swamp monster werewolf variant i feel like we can't go too deep down that otherwise we'll end up on a separate monster but it's interesting that you find sometimes when you get like even when you've specified something as specific as a swamp monster you start reaching into other myths and other stories and they bleed into one another and how they cool. they develop well and and that's what i was saying too about how interesting it is like when in my mind a swamp monster is a very large bipedal creature the with that you know looks kind of like an alligator and it's covered in mud and seaweed mm -hmm. but as i got doing the research on this to to think that there was like a part wolf, part man who was stalking the swamps of Louisiana. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Never even occurred to me. Yeah. Um, and in that same, in that same vein, I don't know if this counts as like going too far off in the tangent. I don't know if you read at all about Kelpies. Um, I do know of Kelpies, but go for it. You can kind of touch base. We can always jump into that another day as well. Yeah, I mean, they they seem to be the most distinctive kind of water monster creature that I that I found when we were looking into this. It comes from Scottish folklore. Mm -hmm. um, 
typically they're like they're described generally as shape-shifting spirits but every or almost every version of it that I read about is that it's a horse oh okay which is the part where I was like this is so very strange it's a water horse Mm -hmm. who carries riders beneath the water and drowns them and then its mane is made out of uh the bulrushes of Scotland like that are part of the the lakes in and around the area sweet I would so I just like that. <laughs> so that and then that makes me wonder like where did that idea of a water horse come from? Because like the only thing I can think of that even vaguely resembles a water horse is a hippo. Mm-hmm. But how would anybody in from Scottish folklore have any concept of what a hippo looks like? Well, what if they just saw like a manatee or something? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you see weird There are no like, manatees in Scotland, Will. I know, but you saw a picture of a manatee. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying there's weird things in the water for sure. There's um, David, yes. That is well, that is generally the theme of tonight's episode is there are weird things in the water. <laughs> yep. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about all the weird things in the water and break it down for you with a little bit of pop culture. See you then. All right, so for pop culture, I'm going to start a little bit differently. Usually start with some weird irreverent thing or some movie that I've seen. Like some crazy weird movie from the 50s that no one has heard of and you like somehow managed to get your hands on it and watch the whole thing and you have very strong opinions about it. Yeah, I'll save that for slightly later and start with something else. Um, So I'm going to start with comics because there are two quite well-known comics one from the DC universe and one from the Marvel universe. And they're both swamp monsters, um, but they have slightly different names and slightly different origins. Madrid, I'm sure that this has come up for you and that uh, your knowledge would include these things. Um, there's the DC monster, which is Swamp Thing. Um, swamp Thing is uh, kind of like a, a full-fledged uh, superhero. And there's been many different uh, holders of the Swamp Thing name over the years. Um, But the most famous one is probably the the scientist Alec Holland. Um, Swamp Thing is a being whose body is uh, uh, composed of vegetation and plant matter. And he has developed very powerful green thumb powers (laughs) that actually make him like an uh, elemental uh, manipulator of uh, nature. And so that's pretty cool. There's also a slightly, I'd say slightly lesser known monster in the Marvel universe called Man-Thing. <laughs> uh, Man-Thing uh, was uh, um, a scientist named Dr. Theodore Salas who attempted to recreate the super serum used on Captain America before an accident led to the serum fusing him with the mystical energies of the swamp transforming his body into a humanoid mass of swamp material. I like to introduce the two of them just because this is a comic book thing, specifically a DC Marvel thing, where I'm not sure which one came first, but they come up with a good property and the other people are like, whatever, I can make something like that. And then they do. (laughs) And they have these like long history of rivalry between characters. And I have to say, 
you know, they go back and forth. I'm generally a little bit more of a Marvel person, but I do certainly like a lot of DC properties as well. But I think DC wins this one. Like <laughs> Swamp Thing has got to be certainly the more well-known and I think the better defined character of the two. Well, definitely, I think Swamp Thing is a much better name than Man Thing. Like Man Thing <laughs> yeah. is just so vague uh, and you can't really... Like, yeah. It also sounds debatably inappropriate, you know? Well, Man. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, like Swamp Thing, I have a very definitive idea as to what he looks like and what perhaps his origins are or what his, his purpose in life is. But Man Thing could be just, <laughs> just anything a... that does anything. <laughs> yeah. But yes, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm typically more of a Marvel gal than I am a DC gal. Um, but in this particular one, I think you're right, is, is at least... The character of, of specifically Alec Holland is more, is much better defined. It's much clearer as to what his whole deal is. It is funny though, that I find generally with Marvel, you end up with the heroes in, in DC, the, the gravitation is kind of anti-heroes and villains. In this one, I think it's reversed where DC like Swamp Thing is more of a hero and Man Thing is more of just this thing that isn't as heroic but I'd have to go through the use of the two they're both kind of I guess heroes or anti-heroes I just think that they're a bit of a reversal of what we expect um, between the two of them anyway I didn't know about man thing really I knew about swamp thing and now I know a lot more about man thing than I used to know yeah I think well man thing is a bit more of a low you know lower on the popularity scale the man thing is a required taste you know <laughs> so i have to say and in, in reading more about man thing uh i had not realized that in his origin story so he's working in the everglades as part of this team project like you said as part of this team project to try to recreate the super soul juice serum mm -hmm. um that team included bobby morse who is mockingbird and i actually okay. i quite like i quite like mockingbird and like oh. Um, I think at least her, her modern incarnation is quite cool. Um, but so I had no idea that she was part of this team who was trying to recreate the super soldier serum in, in the Everglades swamps. So think, that was uh, just like an interesting factoid for me. Do you think man thing will ever appear in like a suicide squad style team up of ragtag Marvel characters and finally get its time in the sun? You know, I don't know if they'll go so deep as to do a suicide squad style big thing like that but now with disney plus being a thing and they're able to flesh out these more obscure characters into you know a deeper mythology and and we can actually watch their evolution over eight episodes or so with a disney plus series it's entirely possible that we would end up with a man thing right i mean i just watched the trailer for moon night mm -hmm. and i i knew absolutely nothing about moon night that trailer looks absolutely bonkers yeah. oscar isaac is just like acting his butt off and ethan hawk and ethan hawk it's like Cool. Where have you been, dude? Anyway, yeah. before before we go down the the tunnel of Moon Knight, we can uh, well, we yeah, talk about talking about Marvel Moon. characters is its own podcast. Anyway, so th those are the two comic book characters that I think have certainly come from uh, the the Swamp Monster lineage. There's also, of course, um, like several films, and I watched a couple films uh, of Swamp Monsters just to try to get a better sense of the origin of it. Um, 
the the best film that I watched and the oldest film that I watched was The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Of course. Yeah, and that's that's my typical, that is my idea of what a swamp monster is, is that creature from the Black Lagoon. He comes out out of the swamp. He's dripping. He's covered in seaweed. He's kind of slimy. That is the pinnacle swamp monster. Well, there's also this kind of, it seems like a subcategory of swamp monster, which is like the wetsuit monster in film, where they're all these like wetsuit monsters. They have a similar look and build and they did all this like water shooting. And um, uh, so for those who don't know, Creature from the Black Lagoon is probably one of the earliest origins of this. It features uh, Julie Adams and uh, Richard Denning and everyone is uh, very handsome and beautiful. Uh, and it was originally released in 3D. Now I'm sad that I wasn't able to watch it in 3D because I thought it, the cinematography was actually quite pretty just in black and white. And I would be very interested to see how that kind of, I mean, it's the 50s 3D, so how they had manipulated that kind of mechanic. Um, but there is these like shots that are both like kind of beautiful and scary of the monster swimming underneath Julie Adams and um, a Part of the movie was shot um, in uh, Wakula Springs State Park, Florida. But uh, I think the majority of probably these like fancy shots were um, done in Hollywood, like in studio, just because the lighting in this, like you've got the monster swimming underneath and it's like both foreboding, but also kind of beautiful. Like he's admiring the beauty of it's anyway, it's this weird kind of two things at once, um, which kind of works well in horror. I wouldn't say that it was scary, but I was impressed uh, at just like the the film itself. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And uh, it's kind of a mixed bag when you go back that far in film to see whether it was worth me doing it or not. Um, There is another film uh, that I watched, um, which is actually an early film by Wes Craven uh, that was in night. Uh, 1982, which is uh, Swamp Thing. So they did a Swamp Thing movie that was directed by Wes Craven. And it's got a a bit of like mild creature body horror. It's definitely a bit clunkier uh, in terms of being put together than Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, But it, it just continues down the vein. And I've got three films in this kind of sequence. So stay with me of, of this like, interpretation of like a a woman romanced and saved by this like creature monster. Um, And you can see that he's reinterpreting the same kind of like film myth and imagery from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Obviously it's Wes Craven who's also done um, Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and all these kind of like iconic, but you're seeing like early, early influence that he does. And then the most recent thing that I, I didn't watch this past week, but I love is uh, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that is like heavily influenced by the creature uh, from the Black Lagoon to the point that he says, like people are always asking what the monster in Shape of Water is. And he, I, in interviews, the most specific that he's got is that he says it's a god from the Amazon River, which is the same location as the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's got a very similar design. It's got a very similar relationship between the monster and the romance between the like scientist's assistant and the same, like you're just seeing cinema reinterpreting itself every 30 years. And I think there's something about monster movies 
where people are just like a little bit more blatant about it. <laughs> like in other movies, they try to like bury the lead, but because monster movies are kind of B-movie things, they're just like, ah, it's rip off this thing from 30 years ago. Nobody will know. Uh, we'll just call it I know now. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was cool following like the, the, the line of this monster and the way that it was traced throughout film uh, in those three films. Imagine do you what, have any yeah, other- what I- yeah, what, what I what I love about the creature from The Shape of Water, you can very uh, clearly see influence too from um, the Hellboy movies that came yeah. out in the early 2000s with the character of Abe Sapien, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, just so amazingly portrayed by like master creature actor Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, he's so endearing. This, you know, he's especially in that first one he's you know almost always stuck in that tank of water and like we only ever get to but he's got this whole huge personality and he's mm-hmm. just he's, Abe Sapien is just such a uh, an interesting character yeah. um they and then of course and then it, that only just now occurs to me is that the the creature in the shape of water is also played by Doug Jones mm-hmm. they have gone to, to say though that Abe Sapien is not like related in any way but the right, thing right. With, but of with, course, like you can see the influence of it, and you can see that uh, that thread, right? That's the thing with 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 Guillermo del Toro, especially is he's constantly like he's a, a pretty great illustrator of his own. And he's journals like very faithfully all the time, and he makes these beautiful journals that he's apparently going to like give to his kids as a gift. But he like illustrates them gorgeously, and you can follow his development of these monsters i mean famously he's got reinterpretations of vampires which i'm sure we'll get to some other day but you can see that there's the the evolution of his version of fish people or his version of certain monsters or like his version of beauty and the beast like he's got certain things that he just chips away at for decades then goes okay this is the movie that'll finally use that and you can trace it all the way back so there's definitely um visual history yeah that that goes back through the hellboy films for sure because they, they're very similar um in their like creature design um okay this one this next one is not uh related to those three of them but i think has to be the most famous swamp monster of all time and this swamp monster hails from uh dagobah which is the swamp planet. No, that's who I was going to talk about. Well, please, please tell us about uh, this creature. Um, who, who am I talking about, Madrin? Well, they are, um, I have to say, I think George Lucas kind of phoned it in when he was naming these ones. They're <laughs> called dragon snakes. Okay. Uh, and actually, from my research, they are not limited to only living on Dagobah. You can also find them on Nalhada. Okay. Uh, and when I when I read about this, I remembered this in the animated series, The Clone Wars. At one point, uh, Zero the Hut is a wanted criminal, and Obi Wan Kenobi and another Jedi—I can't remember whose name it is—decide to hunt him down. Uh, and they track him down on Nalhada, which is the main planet where the huts are from. And during trying to track down Zero, Obi-Wan is attacked by a dragon snake that lives on Nalhada. And he, w- he ended up killing this, uh, this dragon snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, yes, the most famous one is the one who lives in the swamps of Dagobah. Uh, after Luke Skywalker goes to find Yoda, 
his uh, X-Wing gets stuck in the swamp and uh, R2-D2 gets what we, I, I always assumed this, I assumed that R2 was attacked by this dragon snake and was simply rejected because he was made of inorganic matter. But according to Wikipedia, which is of course the defining source shout of out all Wikipedia. things, <laughs> shout out to Wikipedia, the defining source of all things Star Wars, that particular dragon snake was actually friendly and it thought that R2 was drowning. And so that's why it grabbed R2 and tried to save him mm -hmm. and then ended up throwing him out of the swamps and out onto the shore. Mm -hmm. But so I just I thought that that was really funny that this one this one in particular the Dagobah one is a friendly dragon snake who mm -hmm. simply thought R2 was drowning. I love <laughs> that you've gone into so much detail about the dragon snake because 100% I just meant to say that Yoda himself is the most famous swamp monster of all time oh. because <laughs> you're like no 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 stop let me say it and I'm just like okay. <laughs> Um, but Yoda's not from Dagobah. Yeah, but from the contents of the movies, right? Like when you're you're just watching when you're just watching episode five and you're just watching episode six and the way that he was introduced, he's the most famous monster that lives in a swamp. He's green and he's crazy and he's just a swamp monster. It's not as you know, he's he definitely is not uh, you know amphibian in that way. Um, but he's certainly a monster that lives in a swamp, and I would debate the most famous one of all time. I disagree. I don't think he's a monster at all. Okay. Yeah, and he is not native to Dagobah. We okay. actually don't know where Yoda, we don't know what Yoda's home planet is. Okay, well, that's very convenient, though, isn't it? Could, his home <laughs> is in the swamp of Dagobah. <laughs> so he is a monstrous looking thing of the humanoid ape style category that uh, is in a swamp. Anyway. Way to, way to take my dragon snake thunder. Uh, look, I, I love the dragon snake thunder. It's just not what I was going for. Um, <laughs> look, listeners can tell us whether they think that, that Yoda qualifies yes, as a swamp I think monster or not. This is, this is probably the first time that Will and I have had like a major disagreement on monsters. Like I, I draw the line. I do not think that Yoda could be considered a swamp monster. And yeah. you claim that he is the most famous of swamp monsters. <laughs> well, so I put it to you now, dear listeners. <laughs> Please tell me who you agree with. Well, I would like to be vindicated here. Here's the funny thing about swamp monsters, which is like, it, it, the only thing that they're defined by by name is that they're from the swamp, right? Like, it, but there's my there's my argument. Yoda is not from Dagobah. He exiled himself there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we learn that retroactively from the first time that he's established. Anyway. It depends, I suppose, whether you're looking at the larger- That's like saying that Han Solo is from Tatooine because that's the first place we see him. Right, but within the universe of just that film, it's true. Hard so, to disagree. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I see the point that you're making. I just think that if, if we don't get into too much of like the Star Wars canon and the detail of it, just as it works with certainly within uh, Empire Strikes Back, it uh he's a monster lives in a swamp let's move again on. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it i'm putting the challenge out to our listeners to tell uh, us how you really feel about this <laughs> um 
moving on. Moving on. Okay, moving on to another de highly debatable version of a swap monster. Imagine you can you can tell me whether you think this qualifies or not. There is okay. So this this is kind of a two part two parter. In uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TMNT, the, the 2012 TV show, I, there is a monster that appears called the Creep, which is a strange mashup of this concept of basically Jason Voorhees and uh, plant matter. And he's created when a batch of mutagen ended up in a bog, bringing the vegetation there to life. And he's got that, you know, hockey mask style. He's like a, a antagonist that they fight. That's like half Jason, half Swamp Monster. That I think, debatably, well, un undebatably, is a Swamp Monster in the TMNT universe. My question to you is: Are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Swamp Monsters? Because they're definitely turtley and swampy but they are really sewer monsters rather yeah, than swamp I, monsters uh, yeah I, i'm gonna have to say that i don't think they count as swamp monsters because mm -hmm. they were born of radioactive waste in a sewer yeah i agree i, I hard agree I just, I, agree. Uh, right. <laughs> I just, I just, I originally, I found it because of the creep. And then while I was doing this research of like, oh, there's a specific villain in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> these are mutant turtles that live amongst like decomposing sewer matter. Do they qualify? In, you know, no, if we wanted to talk about sewer creatures or turtle creatures. <laughs> maybe we'll definitely. get there one day too. Crocodiles in the sewer, It's entirely possible, yes. Um, okay. I've got some some random stuff. Anything else from uh, TV, uh, film, and, and literature that you want to drop on well, us before we continue? Two things that I thought were of interest is, did you know that there was a DC streaming service called DC Universe? Okay. It was basically like Disney Plus, but it <laughs> like almost nobody's heard of it oh. so they had a swamp thing like the dc character they had a television series oh yeah there's one there's one season of it but i haven't i, I saw yeah there were only 10 episodes it. and and i was looking into it and it's got like jennifer beals is in it virginia madsen is in it they've got some like really known actors mm -hmm. but I guess not long after it had debuted, I think there were only just a couple of episodes in, DC Universe is like, nope, we've canceled it. <laughs> this is like uh, the whole, I mean, this is not related to Swamp Monsters, but just like um, how sad I was when like Daredevil and that whole like Hell's Kitchen Marvel Universe died with Netflix to be ported into Disney. Sometimes like the end of a, a, a film studio or whatever just means the end of that universe and it just dies a quick sudden death. Oh, have you not watched Hawkeye? Oh, I mean, I've watched Hawkeye and oh, look, okay. we'll, we'll get it, it, it. They're now kind of retconning it, but even like, I don't know. I don't want to get into Hawkeye spoilers. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But anyways, just to say that that universe is gone. You might get those actors, you might get those characters, but the, the brutality and like the style of that universe is gone. And so I'm just saying that it's sad that maybe this uh, Swamp Thing TV show could have gone on to have more success since the, the first season is supposed yeah, to be quite good uh, yeah, and just kind of had saying. a sudden death. I hear you what know? you're saying. But I think it's at least with those with the Netflix Marvel shows, each one of them had at least two seasons. Most of them had three and they all kind of existed within the same world. So I mm -hmm. think that we got a very good long chance at living within that world, that like very specific neighborhood of New York mm -hmm. um, with- That's 
I just Jessica wanted, Jones and Iron just wanted Fist. More. And, sure. No, well, I don't. You know, not, I don't. Not Iron Fist. I didn't need Maybe. more Iron Fist. <laughs> second, second season Iron Fist. Like once they made the main character actually be a secondary character, it was mm. way better. The second season was much better than. Anyway, that. I feel like I'm getting off track all over yeah, again. Totally off track. The <laughs> other thing, the other, the only other uh, television show that I wanted to bring up because I thought it was just absolutely hilarious is called Swamp Monsters. Okay. And it is, and I'm going to use this term loosely, reality television. Okay. There is a group of people who have named themselves BEAST, which is an acronym for the Bayou Enforcement Agency of Supernatural Threats. I I dig it. Yep. They have taken it upon themselves uh, because, of course, with climate change, the waterways of Louisiana are rapidly disappearing, the ecosystems are changing. So all of these mysteriously hidden creatures that were only local folklore at one point are now emerging. And so now the beast team has to take action and nullify these threats. Mm. And it is actually considered reality television. Well, I mean, it's real in the sense that swamp monsters are real, but I mean, yes. I'm sure it was very uh, forcefully and unartfully put together. And so it's not that real in that sense. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've got a couple more deep cuts here. Um, one of them is, I guess, maybe not a deep cut in the monster world, but H.P. Uh, Lovecraft has these water monsters called... Uh, uh, the deep ones and um, they originate they're in a couple stories but predominantly in um, the shadow over Innsmouth which is a novella um, and they're these ancient beings that worship uh, Cthulhu or Cthulhu or whatever we'll get into that another day as well um, but they have <laughs> gray green skin fish-like heads unblinking eyes uh, gills on their necks webbed hands they communicate in unintelligible croak-like voices and they're like one of these many monsters that when you see them, they're so horrifying that you can't live with yourself. Um, but they, they're in this small like um, fisherman's town, uh, fishing town, and they come up to the water and apparently like mate with the willing young men. And then they have children and the chilling, the children are kind of like these uncanny valley children that seem totally normal until they hit a certain age. And then they become monsters and go back into the deep ones and then wreak havoc on the small town and I don't know they're a cool piece of lore for sure the deep ones um totally unrelated uh there is a swamp thing monster truck and uh, the swamp thing monster truck is hardcore it's green it's got teeth on the front and it's made out of a 2004 Ford f-350 super duty truck I like that you're using the same voice that you used in our intro to describe yep. this swamp thing truck. Is it? I'll have to go back. I wish I thought they were the same. All I just mentioned like the Ford F-150. Like, I feel like there's like a, a... I don't think there's any other way to say Ford F-150 without yeah. saying it like that. Like, I yep. don't... I've never heard anyone just say Ford F-150. Like, nobody yeah. can... It's not Nobody's possible like, to say that. I'd like to get the Ford F-150. Uh, like, they I would, would like shoot you at the door. <laughs> Um, I would like to drive that pickup truck, please, sir. No one. No, yeah, it's impossible. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's impossible to refer to that truck as anything other than the Ford F one fifty. Like yeah. you just, yeah. It's uh, like it's, the it's like the way that you say. Voice. 
no, it's like the way that you say Krampus. You just yeah. you can't say it any other way. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna get too self-conscious by talking about. It. Um, okay, those are the 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 pieces of pop culture that I want to talk about. Anything else, Madison, that you'd like to uh, bring our attention to before we uh, have a little conversation with uh, Frag? Well, I'm only just now because you were talking about these this uh, monster truck. It made me think: Is there a professional wrestler? persona that is the swamp creature because that oh. if there isn't somebody should get on that because that would yeah, make for a great thing. character yeah I, I don't think you the can swamp claim thing character know. yeah actually that's a funny thing because it is swamp thing and not swamp monster and swamp thing is a copyrighted property so i, I wonder how that worked out but who look, even knows wrestling swamp, is swamp man world. you could be the only, I mean, really, the only drawback that I could see is you really probably don't want to get the wrestling ring wet because that sounds dangerous. For Unless that's their the whole wrestling. thing, and they they fight better on a swamp like territory, you know. Maybe, Maybe that could be his whole jam, jam. Is that like he has to fight in mud and mm -hmm. swampy water, and then then but then they'd have to build a special arena. I don't know. I'm just I'm brainstorming here. It's just you know this seems this seems like an untapped market. For sure. Yeah, I mean, if, look, if Man Thing can be a superhero, I'm sure that right? someone can create a, a wrestling character out of this idea. Um, okay, so that's all uh, we've got for pop culture. Uh, when we get back, we're going to be joined by Frag. Uh, we're very lucky uh, that we've been managed to to just be put in contact with Frag. Frag, by the way, spelled with a PH, uh, not with an F. Yes, he was, very specific he was very in specific. Saying that, yes. Uh, Frag with a PH. Uh, so when we get back, we'll be talking with Frag and learning the real truth about uh, what makes Swamp Monsters tick. All right, welcome back to Monstrology. Uh, I, I'm pretty pumped here uh, to be joined by Frag. Uh, Frag, how are you? Good. Oh, Frag. How are you? Well, I'm I'm pretty good. Um, it, you know, it took our intern a long time to find you, and they they said that at one point uh, they just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the muck, and somebody kind of pulled them over, and that person was you. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what happened after that, but I think you're probably one of the first uh, monster guests that we've had that has actually uh, initially helped our interns. Usually, it kind of goes the other way. Well, they probably wouldn't have got as lost in the first place if I hadn't uh, moved some trees around first. That was that was my own little little entertainment for the night. But uh, oh, I see. you know, figured I had to rescue them eventually. You 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 uh, manipulated the nature around them just for your own amusement. That's usually what gets me through the day. You know, they, these people they wander in and they disturb things and they move things out of where they're supposed to be. So I just I just make sure they get lost. And you know, if I feel like it, then I might make sure they find their way out after. But you know, I need a snack once in a while too. So oh, this that seems like it would be a very useful skill if you don't want to be found, right? If you move all the landmarks around and, and there's no way for you to keep your bearings. You know, I am a, a very uh, very private frag. Um, so I, uh, I try and make sure that, uh, you know, nobody can find me if I don't want them to find me. Now, so do you live alone? Well, as alone as you can get in the swamp, you know, there's, there's the leather critters that hang around here, but I try and uh, keep them at a wide berth as best I can. 
Oh, like yep. like alligators and birds. And oh, birds. don't even get me started on the alligators or the birds. Are okay. Oh, they they just won't stop flapping their gums. It's just it gets so tiresome. But uh, well, the, the birds are are kind of nice. I get along well with the birds. They, they bring can, me stuff. You can manipulate nature, but can you also manipulate the animals? Like if they get too close, can you just kind of zoom them to the other side of of? Oh, wait, hang on. I should ask. Are you in a swamp? Are you located in a swamp? I mean, uh, which swamp are you in? The intern was unclear. They were just very lost. They said they fell in muck and they were pulled out of muck. And so I just wanted to get a sense of where you are, you're at. I am all over. I am I am swamps. I am part of the ecosystem. So I, I'm not locked specifically to one point in your concept of geography i i i float around a bunch whoa oh kind so of you're fun. a monster well traveled well traveled yeah so well yes but also not traveled i'm also very stagnant but i am all it's a whole thing this is very mysterious I frag like simply is he is yes. not one place or another place uh, he, he, he is the the swamp or they're the swamp i don't know um okay so we know that you can manipulate the swamp and you are the swamp but can you define for me your swamp powers just because there's such a range in our research that i i want to know just at least from one swamp monster what it is that you can do what are the limits of your existence there aren't very many limits um for me in my own experience of this swampy existence, I've um, worn many hats and performed many feats. I can change shape at will, which is always a fun thing, especially for trying to hide your identity. You know, sometimes I'm seven feet tall. I might have three fingers. I might have 10 fingers. I might, oh my God, know. where were you on? Okay, I'm furiously going through my notes. Okay, where were you on July 16th, 1988? Everywhere. Were you in Truesdale, South Carolina? Among other places. Oh my likely. god, there it is, imagine. We found him. Mystery solved. And I I did nobody come at me with your with your hoax theories. This is the this is the truth. I mean, he could we have been other places. We should track that guy down. The the guy who first saw the swamp creature, we should track him down and let him know that he was right and and we we found his creature. I don't know. I got other stuff to do. I don't need to see him again. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I got well, other I, Maybe, maybe he want like a little closure though. No, right? I'll send. I'll send an intern for his closure. I just wanted right. my own. I wanted my own closure from We're the anticipation that I, that I had built up. Yeah, are they okay? Um, they're very wet, but they're okay. That's good. Okay, little slimy. Nothing a shower can't fix. They seem like they'll survive. Zeke? Typically, the hazards for our interns are being eaten or dismembered. So, as long, I don't think Zeke? being. Oh, I can't see that. him. Let's see if uh, no. Oh, he's he's a little uh, tied up right now, but uh, you know, it's just there's just so many vines. You can't if you don't know your way around them. And I'm talking to you guys. I can't talk to the vines at the same time. I mean, I could. I just don't want to. Ah, so we but. found there's a limitation to your powers it's just uh focus you have to focus on one thing at a time you're not good at multiple you can't do two things at a time 
Uh, I mean, can't and don't want to. There's a fine line there, but uh, yeah, the the more I can focus, the the easier these things are. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Could you manipulate the space around you while also juggling? Juggling what? Juggling snails. Snails. Yeah, I could juggle snails. Well, yeah. What about what about televisions? What's a television? It's like a big, heavy robotic media box. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They drop those on here once in a while. I know what you mean. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I could probably manage that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to That's say. Kind of, kind of a big deal. I'll give it a shot. Kind of a, kind of a big deal. Okay, so you, you're all over the place. You've been, obviously, to South Carolina. Um, yeah, I wonder... It, my area is not very swampy, so I don't think I've I've been in your hood before. Um, have you ever journeyed outside of the swamp, Frag? Mm, I have no concept of outside the swamp. The swamp is me, and where I am is swamp. Okay. What you're quite the poet, Frag. Oh. I have to say, this is for Frag. Me. Wait, does that mean, Frag, if you go outside of the swamp, that that place becomes a swamp? Like, if you were to go into a standard jacuzzi, would that jacuzzi become a swamp? And therefore, yes. you are the jacuzzi. I am. I would be the jacuzzi. So, you I could jacuzzi be a jacuzzi. Powers. That could be nice. That might be a retirement plan. What what about if somehow you were you were put in the middle of a desert? Would you get kind of yanked back into a swamp, or would that desert become a swamp? Or how how would that work? The desert would become swamp around me. Oh. So it seems it seems like for the balance of nature and for ecosystems, you kind of have to stay put. I try and be available as I am needed and I am needed in my swamp what type of what things are you are needed you, yeah what are you needed for in the swamp well something has to maintain the order something has to you know kick out the poachers and the wanderers and the the less friendly interns and oh, okay. uh, you know people like to come in and take samples or dump their waste or do whatever kind of experiments they're up to and like we don't need that the swamps have enough going on we've got a very complicated ecosystem like you don't need to come and add more to it please so i just try and try and stop that as best i can when i can if somebody comes into your swamp you know, unwanted trying to do scientific experiments. How do you, um, how do you deal with that situation? Personally, at Frag. I mean, I've heard other stories, but I want to know how do you, how do you go about it? It uh, depends on the specifics. Typically, I do try and uh, remain pacifistic as best as I can. But if I can't, you know, redirect them out of the swamp or scare them out of the swamp or, you know, gently push them out with muck and vines and what have you, then, well, I guess that's my dinner. But I avoid that as best I can. I try and remain vegetarian, but it's a, it's a tough struggle. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So your main diet is not people or, or even 
the the, the creatures of the swamp. I, I kind of wondered if maybe like, did you eat frogs or alligators or birds, but you're saying that you're mainly a vegetarian. I mainly draw my nutrients from myself or from the swamp as it exists around me, but there comes a time that, you know, you'll get that particular craving and uh, nothing goes down quite like humans sometimes, but. It's like crocodile, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, that's a whole political thing. Oh. Eating crocodile doesn't always go well, go that's over well true. around here. Yeah, especially with the alligators, you'll just never hear the end of it. Yeah, these things are endangered, <laughs> but humans certainly are not endangered. There's a lot of us. Um, th there's a funny phenomenon, Frag, that I, I've seen without stories, which is, you know, humans really don't get get the message very clearly. I mean, even if you went about it the, the right way, you know, you try to show up, you scare them away, you say, you know, get out of here, it's dangerous. It seems like the first thing that they always impulsively want to do is just try to kill you. What, what's up with that? They just come back with their guns and their cameras and their torches, and it's just exhausting, let me tell you. But uh, uh, sometimes they'll get the right idea. Sometimes they'll leave me alone for a little bit, but... Uh, more often than not, I got to do something about it. And it just, it wears on you after a while, but uh, this is this is my lot in life. So I maintain it as best as I can. Uh, I, have a, I have a question about your personal life. You know, you, you say that you've been there alone and you, you're someone who certainly enjoys your solitude, but in so many stories that I've seen about swamp monsters, they, they seem to, to fall for a lot of, uh, young, uh, beautiful lab assistants. Now, has there ever been a young, beautiful lab <laughs> assistant that you've fallen for in, in your time? You know, you, you can't believe everything you see on those uh, those garbage boxes that they dump here. Uh, what would you call them? Te televisions? No, they, uh, huh, yeah, no, like there's just it, the logistics don't ever work out. Like there's been times like a monster has his needs and somebody will wander in and you'll get a certain idea about that and uh, it, uh, it just never works out so I've, I've resigned myself to just a solitary life Fair enough. so so just to be clear there's no mrs swamp monster there is most certainly not oh that's too bad but there's I've come to terms with it but you are kind of one with the swamp so in many ways you have kind of a um symbiotic relationship with yourself um, this is correct i i am i am alone i am not lonely that's right oh see yeah. there's that poetry again frag I, I feel like you are a very deep romantic soul something you also seem very wise and so you must have existed for for much longer than uh, madrid and myself how long have you been being <laughs> A very long time. I have a lack of understanding of your measurements of time. I have existed here before there were concrete structures on the horizon um, okay. past my existence. I have existed in tandem with gigantic beasts that have since seemingly disappeared i have existed for 
a very, very long time. So what about big meteorites? Have you, have you existed through any big meteorites or big flappy, um, flappy armed uh, crocodile things? Meteorites are never fun. Those things, those will wear you out too. Let me tell you, you just, you spend the next week just like finding parts of yourself and like putting everything yeah. back together. It's, it's just a bad, bad, bad time. Well, the upkeep of a swamp must be very difficult. You want to keep it in an ideal swampy way. Well, what does your ideal swamp look like? Well, ideally, a well-maintained, a well-protected well swamp will maintain itself. It becomes a self-fulfilling ecosystem that uh, that will uh, do a lot of my job for me. I can kind of uh, automate many of my tasks uh, if I'm keeping an eye on things. But uh, ideally, you know, you want the right temperature. You don't want things to be too humid. But you can't, if it's not humid, it just wouldn't be a swamp anymore. So you have to maintain that. Uh, you know, you got to make sure all the critters are comfortable, whether I want to talk to them or not. I got to make sure those alligators know, you know, they, they're taken care of here and the birds and the muck things and bugs and whatever else is hanging around here, you know. So it's a, it's a symbiosis. It's a, just a matter of making sure that everything is uh, in equilibrium and as it should be. Hmm. You seem very much about balance. When you say imagine, he seems like a, a very balanced monster. I always have these thoughts about swamp monsters. My initial response is that you might be a bit uh, grouchy and destructive, but there's also many evidence of, of uh, heroism and, and being a hero and rescuing people. What, what side of uh, morality do you think you, you lie on, uh, Frag? Well, look, everybody has their bad days and everybody has their bad uh, eons. Am I using your word properly? Um, sure. That um, I, 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 at this point in my existence, I try to do no harm and uh, help the environment around me as best I can. But that isn't to say that I haven't eaten my fair share of people who may or may not have deserved it at that time. And that is not to say that I have not caused widespread hurt and destruction in certain elements of, you know, my existence. But you know, all you can do is work through it and uh, become a better swamp creature. And, uh, you know, right now I, I like to think that I'm a, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, seems like you're, you're taking very good care of the birds. You mentioned that you have some good days and bad days. I'm just wondering if you could take us through um, a bad day. Not to relive any trauma, but, you know, for a being that has existed for so long, I'm just curious about what really kind of um, grinds your gears. Well, I mean, we covered the meteor thing. Like that's those have been some horrible, horrible times in my life. Um, that have you also don't to... seem to be very fond of television sets. Well, just trash in general. Sometimes sure. you'll just find one of these machines or some bag of nonsense, and it just it throws me right back into the person that I used to be, and it's just a pure rage in that person moment. that you used to be are you saying that you've you've undergone some sort of recent transformation of personality were you not always this zen frag when elements are introduced to my ecosystem which may or may not include those that i may have eaten i'm 
may or may not uh, absorb elements of what that person was. So if I slip and refer to myself as a person, it is not so much my personage. It is a person who has since become a part of my swamp. Oh. oh, so it seems like like your existence is a bit like a like the Borg collective is that you absorb all of the personality and all of the skills and talents of whoever you might happen to to eat or whoever happens to fall into your swamp. They become part of your collective consciousness. It's much like a stew with consistently added ingredients you know you might if you boil it down long enough you might not recognize that specific vegetable anymore but it's still a part of the makeup and that's uh, that has become a, a great part of my existence after a while it all just becomes Swampy kind of like stew. a greeny brown delicious Mm. what do you think is the most obscure uh portion of your uh swampy stew you know you've absorbed a lot of probably knowledge and personality traits you know not to say that you have multiple personalities but there ever is there ever something that flickers up in your brain you're like oh not this again i don't want to deal with you know etc is, is there anything ever that feels like you, you wish you could just purge it from your swamp well i think everyone has elements of what they've absorbed that they would rather purge over time for me you if you stop and think about some of the horrible things that have happened in swamps and the the type of people who have perhaps already done terrible things by the time i have found them in my swamp and they may be coming to my swamp to dispose of those terrible mm. things i've i've certainly been a part of more of those stories than i would personally like oh, sure i mean wasn't wasn't one of the csi television shows set in new orleans and they they were consistently finding people and bodies and evidence in the swamps right well if you spend any time in florida i mean there's all mm -hmm. sorts of nonsense going on down there <laughs> sorry if anyone listens yeah, every, from florida everything about florida everything about florida is nonsensical i would agree with that as well yes great I suppose swamps though it's a danger of if sure you're, if you play the the world kind of balances itself out for you whether you like it or not right like if you kill a killer you become the killer so that it's kind of this weird ebb and flow for you, isn't there? There is, but in many of those circumstances, I am also eating their victim. So it does uh, <laughs> instantly balance. Oh, okay. I may not have committed the violence. I just uh, take uh, culinary appreciation from it after the fact. Mm. Swamp justice. Hey, maybe Madrin is coming back to, we were having a conversation earlier at Frag about um, wrestling and uh, names oh, of wrestlers. Yeah. What about Swamp Justice? That could Swamp be good, Justice. That could be a, a wrestler like name. That. Yeah. See, have I, you, I imagine that. Uh, Frag, uh, professional wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, have you ever eaten a wrestler? 
I have not eaten a wrestler. Is this someone who struggles with their existence that they are their I feel like wrestle. I, I oh do no, not it's, it's much less so, so cerebral. So what we do is we we humans um, we get this kind of square and then the square on the outside of the square has these kind of uh, um, strings on it and then uh, two or more humans come into this square and then they fight each other and try to pin each other to the ground and the winner of that uh wrestle physical wrestling match is is uh crowned uh not often crowned but uh, named the winner and, and they do it for our entertainment sometimes we're on the garbage box you know i've only seen them on the the garbage boxes uh televisions but uh in person they they come in with these grand personalities mm -hmm. and so huge it to me. costumes and stories and they give themselves nicknames and they have catchphrases and they have whole huge long story arcs often mm -hmm. Funny little bits they do. I feel like you've absorbed so much knowledge. You could come up with a great personality and mm -hmm. bit, and you have such physical prowess. Uh, does this appeal to you at all? If they, if the goal is to pin to the ground, but I am the ground, have I already won or have I already lost? Oh, oh man, so, man, this is more of these existential questions that you keep bringing up. Is it who uh, is it still? Um, uh, who's who's the guy who's in charge of, of the WWE? Is it still Vince McMahon? McMahon? Sure. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, we I need to so. ask him. Well, we'll ask him what the specific rules would have to be as to, you know, what what would be allowed and and what would be the uh, uh cheating yeah, i guess yeah I, yeah i mean i it's, something has occurred to me is that you don't seem to be a very whimsical uh uh monster frag what do you do when you're trying to let loose you know you've had a a, a kind of depressing century or so or you've you've dealt with the meteorite you've cleaned up the swamp and and you just want to blow off some steam and have a good time what, what do you do i disconnect i melt into my own existence and allow things to run on their own means briefly um and i just don't allow myself to be mm. in that moment have you ever had butterscotch ice cream i have not oh, I'm gonna, that might help yeah. i'm gonna send some over to you I feel like, you know, that might go well in your muck. I think you need some more simple pleasures in your life. You, the, mm -hmm. I, I feel with you such a burden of your existence, you know, Frag, it's something about you've existed for so long and, and, and with such rich, swampy, murky, uh, moral questions that, that uh, I want to give you an, an irreverent uh, pleasure. So maybe I'm just gonna send you some ice cream. Um, perhaps perhaps we could hook up one of those boxes that I, I know you don't you don't like televisions very much but I think perhaps if we were to power one for you and provide you with some of the sources of entertainment that we enjoy perhaps perhaps you might come around uh, on I'm maybe enjoying televisions I'm thinking just you know some light comedy something you know fun 
Mm-hmm. What, what I don't know. What what kind of TV shows do you do, do? Should we recommend here to frag? Well, well, it's interesting because you know you could go down the the dramatic canon of television shows. No, like, I, I think we need to keep it light, keep fluffy, it light, sitcom-y. Right? What about yeah. Uh, Friends? Yeah, yeah. I think. Or I was thinking maybe even Community. Oh you might yeah, like that right. Frag, do you do you do you know about Community? I know of my own community. But what if your community involved other beings? In many ways, it does. All parts of the swamp have their own. What if your community involved individual sentient beings who were their own forms? Like Like what if what if swamp met forest? Yeah. This sounds exhausting. Yes, well, it is a little bit exhausting, but let me put it this way. What if swamp, forest, mountain, city, um, desert, desert, how many characters in their community? Six, seven, desert, snow, tundra, all went to community college together and they had to learn to reconcile their differences to, to be united by common ground and, and, and rely and ultimately on... realize that they were greater than the sum of their parts and get a degree they would all become swamp oh. but what if swamp became mountain and city and the other things i said is is that possible well that's <sighs> That's see, there we go. Now we're on to something, uh, Frag, because I think this could be the social get-together of a lifetime. We've just been thinking too small, right? Imagine we as human beings, we, we've broken it up into two small categories. But what we need to do is just have swamp, meat, mountain, and see what happens. We could have mountain. a swamp mountain. They're very tall. Very I tall. I like yes. mountain. You could be yes. tall. I can be tall. But you could be a mountain tall. That's very tall. What we need to do is set up some sort of uh, app. Maybe there's, you could swipe right on mountain and message mountain and you guys could arrange a meetup. If I swipe right, I end up in the next swamp. Oh. Hmm. I, well, I, it sounds like perhaps maybe we're, we're stressing you out with this concept here, Frag. It was really, it was just my intention to, to find a way for you to relax maybe you know shake off the burden of your existentialism a little i think uh we're just gonna stick with ice cream i mean sure yeah i can can big brain this all i want but the reality is you're gonna like butterscotch ice cream i guarantee it frag you're gonna love it um well, we've come to the type uh, part of the program uh, where we ask if there's anything that you'd like to pitch uh, to our listeners at home. If there's anything that's excited you, Frag, or, or imagine if you've got anything that you'd like to share uh, that you've enjoyed in the past couple of weeks or, you know, for, for you, Frag, in the entirety of your existence, uh, something you'd like to pitch. All I would like to say is to protect your environment it's more important than you realize and it has more feelings than you know Mm. oh it's very again with that deep wise philosophy oh oh it's gonna be nice to nature nature will be nice to you maybe usually 
usually, unless you're in the swamp doing something annoying. Um, like imagine, dumping TVs. Like dumping TVs. <laughs> but, you know, feel free to send in some butterscotch ice cream. Um, Madrin, anything that you'd like to pitch to uh, our listeners? Hmm. You know what I would like to pitch is a local Toronto-based business called Big Mood Crew. Oh, they yeah, Big Mood custom, Crew. Yeah, they make custom tie-dyed uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts and sweatpants. And uh, I think right now, if you look at their Instagram, they're, they've got a 10% off promotion. So if you find them on Big Mood Crew uh, on Instagram, you can see they have some posts up for inspiration, or if you have an idea, you can DM them directly. I had uh, two sweatshirts custom made for my in-laws for Christmas, awesome. uh, and they are perfect. They were exactly what I wanted. The turnaround on them was really quick. I picked them up for free, got to chat with uh, Big Mood Crew creator Hallie uh, on her front porch as we stood there six feet away from each cool. other with our masks on. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. I think, like I said, I think they have a promotion that's going on for this weekend right now. Uh, get yourself some cozy sweats to get yourself through this terrible, terrible yeah. winter that we're having so I've, far. I've seen uh, Big Mood Crew um, modeled by a lot of who's who of, of local theater as well. Yeah. So you can be in the know. Well, how do you feel about uh, a tie-dye, Frag? Maybe I can ship you some tie-dye with your ice cream. Tie-dye. Yeah, yeah, colorful swirls printed onto fabric. Yes, this sounds nice. Colorful oh, swirls. There you go. We'll send you, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll send you a tie-dye shirt along with your butterscotch ice cream. And then you'll Please. just like you'll be all cozy with and your maybe you'll sweet work ice up the, cream. The courage to talk with Mountain. Any anything yeah. could happen. Um, I've got a little something I'd like to pitch. It's uh, another podcast. I'm just going podcast crazy over the pandemic. I'm just obsessed with podcasts. Um John Carpenter, uh, well-known horror movie creator and composer, has a podcast called Roanoke Falls. Um, that's uh, cool. It's like a, a kind of um, horror story. And it's also uh, told in a very interesting audio way. So it's got a kind of surround sound uh, element to the way that it was put together. And I'm a big fan of uh, his music as well as his storytelling. So uh, I haven't listened to all of that, but I'm very intrigued to see what happens. And I recommend that you check it out too um yeah so you know and, and i gotta say i just gotta keep pitching it and i haven't talked about it in a couple episodes but you know feel free to tell your friend about this uh podcast that you listen to called monstrology where we look at different monsters and we meet interesting monsters like frag uh and and other monsters from around the world we get to learn their point of view and that's all you know we really need in this world if you really love it you can just drop a uh five-star, you know, rating. You can write some comments and a review. If you really don't love it, you can also leave five stars. And those yep. are the only options that you have, but everyone loves it. So they're going to choose the five stars of good and not the five stars of and, evil. And specifically for this episode, I would genuinely like to hear what everyone's stance are on is Yoda a swamp monster? Yay or nay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So leave All us you have to some do is, comments. Here's the way that works. Yoda is a swamp monster, five stars. Or Yoda is not a swamp monster, five stars. There's no rage, you know, <laughs> there's no rage reviewing here. It's it's strictly, uh, I, I believe Madrin, throw all my stars at Madrin. I believe Will, throw all my stars at Will. Uh, or 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 maybe, what do you think, Frag? Is, is Yoda a swamp monster or not? 
Is Yoda from the swamp? No. He's in the swamp. How long has he been in the swamp? By the time we meet him on Dagobah, no. By the time we meet him on Dagobah, he's only been living there for like 20 years. I think that might count. As Yoda being a swamp monster? I do not know Yoda personally, but if he's been in the swamp that long, I think he qualifies. Oh, frag with the hot takes. <laughs> uh, well, you know what we say, Madrin, uh, the monsters are always right. I always say this. That's true, we do the, say that. The truth lies with them, and, and so we've got to let them be uh, the deciding factor, but maybe this is going to heat more fire for the for the Madrin believers who are going to be leaving reviews here. So uh, thank you, Frag, for weighing in on this uh, side of the argument, and also for uh, sharing your your secrets with us. Um, you know, I don't think you necessarily know what a podcast is, uh, but our intern may be there if, if you um, allow them uh, the, the safety of existing, might be able to tell you a little bit about this medium. Um, thank you for joining us. And uh, anything else you, you want to say, Frag? You look like you, you wanted to share one last morsel of information before I... Mm, I will make sure your intern... Uh is returned safely to their home but please send ice cream okay deal that sounds lovely <laughs> that fair sounds enough. like a fair that's deal. a good exchange right well i hope you all enjoy ice cream this week and maybe you're enjoying some nice butter scotch ice cream right now um if not, maybe you get yourself a nice uh, Kona ice cream ready for the next one uh, in this nice cold weather we're having here in Canada. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode of Monstrology.